this is Doug Beecham. Thank you for joining me. This is podcast number seven of our podcast related to the book of Hebrews. And uh, we finished up last week, really sort of the end of, uh, uh, there in the middle of chapter three, around verse 12. Uh, we've been looking at the context of that with Psalm 95. I want to continue uh, with uh, some more of, uh, of, of chapter three but really building it along this thing that I closed with last week about uh, about what we learn from out of Numbers 13 and 14 in Psalm 95 about the, the evil heart of unbelief that causes us to depart from the living God and, and how that's manifested by listening not to the voice of God, but to other voices. This is why in chapter 3, verse 13, the writer says, we are called to exhort one another daily. That's a pretty important phrase there. To exhort means to stand alongside someone. It means to speak encouragement, faith, instruction to them. It, it, it means to be in a genuine relationship with them based on who Jesus Christ is. It means we do not speak fear and unbelief. Psalm 95 is echoed in the use of that word today. We're going to see that a number of different times as we continue to go forward. That word today, that is each moment is the opportunity that we have to decide to speak and to hear either faith or unbelief, either obedience or disobedience. Unbelief is sin, and this kind of sin manifests itself in deceitfulness. That's, that's a pretty important issue going on in, in verse 13. Notice that again, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, the, the deceit happens to us in that we view situations from the perspective of human wisdom or self-will and not from the perspective of divine revelation. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan is a liar. Thus, he's one who deceives. That's what liars do. They attempt to deceive you. Jesus, who, who knew Satan from, uh, from, from the time when Satan was created and when Satan fell, Jesus, Jesus called Satan the devil. He called him a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. That's what, Je that's what Jesus said in John 8, 44. Uh, did you notice that phrase in John 8, 44? That the, Satan as a liar, a deceiver, speaks from his own resources. Now, Satan is full of darkness, so the resources he has, they have no light in them. They have no life in them. He, his, his resources are death. Uh, our, our resources and our own, as good as they are, they're filthy rags in the presence of God's righteousness. We need the resources of heaven. We need the resources of grace out of which we speak, the resources of the Word of God. Jesus went on in John 10, 10 and said, Satan comes to still kill and destroy God's sheep. He keeps us from fulfilling the Father's will for our personal lives and for the destiny that we are called to play in the work of the kingdom of God. Now, this is contrasted 
with, uh, uh, with, with what the exhortation to one another is meant to accomplish. This is in verse 14 of Hebrews 3. We become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. The word end is telos, and it's not so much about time as it is about completion, about fulfillment. God has a, has a purpose to be fulfilled in our lives, and, and we partake in Christ and what he gives to us as we maintain our confidence in him. This is, this is what Paul said in Philippians 1.6, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This, this is, all of this runs together of one ju- just significant theme of grace that runs through Scripture. Now, Hebrews 3, verses 15 through 19, return again to Psalm 95. This is the second time that the writer of Hebrews has come back to this in chapter 3. Do you know what that tells you and me? That tells us that Psalm 95 and its historical context in Numbers 13 and 14 are absolutely critical for us to understand in terms of spiritual discernment of what God is saying to us. In the second time, this emphasizes the significance of what happened to Kadesh Barnea, and it tells us that we only enter into God's purposes, what God has prepared by faithful obedience to the voice of God. Hebrews 3 is to a large extent about whose voice will we listen to. I talked about this a few, you know, in the last session. Disobedience is more than simply not doing what God calls us to do. It, it's more than violating a commandment. Disobedience is the decision to listen to a voice other than the voice of our Creator, our Shepherd, our Lord. Again, you can't help but go back to John 10, where Jesus says that His sheep know His voice. We listen to His voice and respond solely to him. Hebrews 3 concludes with a call to enter the rest, R-E-S-T in English, that God has prepared. This rest is related to two things. Number one, it's related to the fulfillment of the promise to Israel to enter into the promised land. And secondly, there's a relationship to the seventh day, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Shabbat, Shabbat, where God himself rested after completing creation. Thus, this rest that's described at the, begin- at the end of chapter 3 is related to fulfillment. It's not about some idea of the absence of work or being a perpetual state of sleep. For us to enter into God's rest doesn't mean uh, that, that you get time off and, and, and you, you spend eternity on the beach somewhere although sometimes that sounds like a pretty good idea. But nonetheless, this rest is about entering into a sense of, of the labor God has given to us, and we can engage in that labor because there is a fulfillment of purpose that's in God's hands. It may not be fulfilled in our lifetime, but it's part of what God is fulfilling, and I can rest in that my labor, as Paul puts it at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, my labor is not in vain. Now, Hebrews 4 continues the themes established in Hebrews 3 from uh, Psalm 95, Numbers 13 and 14. 
I want you to notice that in Hebrews 4, 2, the, the pastor, as he's preaching this sermon, says that the gospel, that is the good news, was preached to us as well as to them. Did you see that in Hebrews 4, 2? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. That's pretty important. Now, he puts the them as the Israelites in Kadesh Barnea who heard the promise but rejected it. I want you to notice the gospel is in reality not something new that first appeared with Jesus. The gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God. That's how, that's how Mark 1, 14, and 15 describes the preaching of Jesus. In this sense, one can say that when, when God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and would visit with them, that was good news. The kingdom was there. The good news, the euangelion, the gospel, was present there. They would hear the voice of God. They were hearing gospel, the good news of God's presence with them. Abraham heard the gospel and the promises made to him. Noah heard the gospel and the, and the command and the promise of salvation for him and his family in the ark. Throughout the Old Testament era, the gospel is the hope of the prophets, and it's found in the Davidic promises. At Kadesh Barnea, the Israelites heard the logos, the word. That's, that's, that's the, uh, the Greek word that's used there about, about the word being preached to them. Not rhema here, but logos. But there was no benefit, no profit to them because it was not mixed with faith. Jesus said the same about his ministry in Nazareth as there was a lack of faith which made it impossible for him to perform miracles there. Read that in Luke 4. In that passage there in Luke 4, uh, often called Jesus' inaugural address uh, when he's speaking at the synagogue in Nazareth, uh, it's, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61.1. And did you notice when you read this in, in Luke, Jesus said, today. Think about that again. When you go back to Psalm 95, there in chapter 3, today. You come back and you hear it again. Today. This scripture is fulfilled when you're hearing Jesus said. That very same word today is that same word used in Hebrews chapter 3. That, that whole concept flows through all of this. Uh, every time, do you realize this? Every time the word is proclaimed, it is the divine today. When God is speaking, He's calling for a response of faith. Well, thank you for taking time to listen today. And for you and me, may, may we hear today what God is speaking to us, and may we say yes to His word.